0: Hello to all the people who listen to this podcast does not exist. I have another show you might be interested in. It's called Lost in the Library. And while you may not find it everywhere at this exact moment, rest assured, it is on its way to a podcast app near you. So if you can't find it on your podcatcher of choice right now, Check again in a few days. Welcome to Lost in the Library, a show where stories are told, a show that celebrates the independent work of creative minds and passionate authors. So many times I've been told by professionals that in order for a writer to make it in the real world You must subject your work to higher powers. Not spiritual powers, mind you. Just people bigger than you. More important than you. Bloggers are nothing more than writers that can't get a publishing deal. And those that do get a deal are cheaply produced thinkers that got lucky and usually deserve none of what they've got. The lowly novelist hawking their book on Amazon is the equivalent of a cheap direct to video filmmaker taking up space on the shelf of a 90s video rental store. Elitist gatekeepers that think storytelling is something only the select few should even attempt. I don't buy that. I don't agree. Have you ever gone to an open mic night at a comedy club, where the stand-up tells a story that turns the room into a cacophony of raucous laughter? Have you ever sat across the table from your grandfather or grandmother and listened to them tell the story of a childhood memory, enthralled and entertained the entire time? Maybe you just met someone standing in line at the gas station, and that person tells you a compelling story in the span of three minutes as you wait to buy your Cheetos. A good story requires one thing and one thing only. A good storyteller. Whether they were written by an experienced author or a novice, whether they are recorded on a cell phone or a small mixing board with a microphone, or high-end professional equipment in a studio. Whether they are 60 minutes or 60 seconds, Lost in the Library seeks to deliver good stories from people all across the Internet, and in some cases, across the world. I happen to think I've collected and contributed some incredible work for this experimental project and I hope you feel the same. Before I go, I will leave you with a small sample of what's to come. A piece of the first episode. A story titled, Nothing But Green Lights. It was written and narrated by Tyler Martinez. Hey, that's me. Go figure. It's a nostalgic walk down memory lane and an agnostic wondering of what the afterlife might hold. I'm not going to give you the entire story today. You'll have to come back on February 7th, 2022, for that. Thanks for listening. I love you all. Nothing But Green Lights by Tyler Martinez I remember it. My last day on Earth, that is. Not everything about it. I mean, nobody remembers every second of every day. Or at least, most people don't, anyway. But I remember it as clearly as I would any other day. I remember getting up and getting dressed before heading out to the gas station down the street for a donut and a soda. I remember going to work, having conversations with co-workers throughout the day, and, you know, doing my job. Entering data into spreadsheets. Unremarkable me sitting in my unremarkable cubicle doing my unremarkably tedious and monotonous job for hours. I remember my lunch break. I had a ham and cheese sandwich. I never took lunches that required use of the office microwave. I never trusted the cleanliness of it. Plus, there was always a line, and I never wanted to waste my precious free time standing and waiting. I remember talking to Mike about the new Batman movie. He was excited for the possibility of a new Joker. I was less enthused about the idea. Do we really need a 100th version of The Clown Prince? No. No, we don't. Of all the things I could remember of the day I would cease to exist, however, it was my final moment that really stood out and hit me the hardest. The moment I died. I was walking to my car, not paying attention. I could lie and tell you this is a cautionary tale. I could tell you I was busy looking down at my phone instead of being aware of my surroundings. I could turn this into a preachy story or life lesson about how we will all die clenching the technology that simultaneously keeps us connected and separated. I could tell you I was hit by an automated vehicle and relate to you the dangers of living in an episode of Black Mirror. I could tell you that, and this story could be that, but I won't, because it isn't. The fact is, I was just dumb. It was a Friday afternoon. I was happy to be out of work looking forward to going out on a date with the cute girl I met at the bank just a few days before. And I just wasn't paying attention. In fact, my phone was in my pocket. My earbuds right there with it. I stepped off the curb without looking both ways, as my mother told me to do a million times before when I was a child. I stepped right off in front of a city bus. It was a strange feeling, dying. You know, they say your life flashes before your eyes the second before you die. Maybe that's true for some, but it certainly wasn't true for me. My last second was... weird... It didn't hurt like you would expect. To the people that witnessed it, I'm sure it happened so fast, they all assumed I didn't have time to register pain. A blessing, really. But that's not how it was. It didn't happen fast. And it wasn't painful, either. Time slowed down. I mean, really slowed down. It was like the slow-mo guys caught me in their camera and decided to slow it down just a tad bit more. I could hear everything. My bones crunching, my muscles tearing, my internal organs compressing like tightly squeezed water balloons before popping with a loud, wet splash. The sound of my skull shattering inside my head was like the sound of a flower pot being broken under water. The shards of bone working their way into the seams and folds of my brain sounded like a sharp knife cutting into a soft peach. I even heard my rib cage break. And when one of those bones broke into my lungs, it made a light pop, followed by a slow, deflating leak. I could feel it all, too. But it wasn't painful. It was like a pressure. Almost like a a big hug. Not a super tight hug, not a claustrophobic help me, I can't move, please let me go hug, but instead a comforting hug. It felt nice, almost loving. The bone fragments in my brain tickled. I know. The brain has no nerve endings. It can't feel. But I'm telling you right here, right now, that when you're dying, everything you know or think you know of human biology is thrown out the window. The puncturing of my lung felt like a warm explosion within my chest. It was an intense pressure, like going up a steep hill in a car or reaching the high point of a roller coaster. The deflation of my lung was just the opposite, like going down the hill or descending on that rail. I felt a myriad of other things as well, but I won't bore you with the other more embarrassing details that often accompany death. I think you probably get the idea by now anyway. After I died, time returned to normal, and I found myself standing over my own lifeless body. I watched as the bus driver climbed out of her machine of death and destruction, watched as she approached my mangled body, holding me as though I was her own child, weeping and sobbing. I can't explain why, but... I actually felt worse for her in that moment than I did for myself. I was the one lying dead on the pavement, yet my heart went out to this person. I didn't care about myself anymore. Maybe because there just wasn't anything left to care about. Covered in blood, she continued to cry out for help. A doctor in the growing crowd of onlookers, a paramedic, or someone who simply knew what to do. She apologized profusely as she cradled me. She had nothing to apologize for. I even told her that, but of course my words were useless. Nobody could see the specter of my former self standing in the street, watching like everyone else. I was amazed by the fact that she held me so closely, so dearly, so tightly, despite the fact that I was a mess of broken bones, blood, sweat, and other bodily fluids. How do you recover from that? What must it be like to shower, to try and wash that trauma away? The crowd of people stood aside in shock and awe. Most of the people on the bus stayed on the bus. I wonder if they were expecting to make it to the next stop. A lot of people on the street, most of the people on the street, pulled out their phones. I assume they were texting their friends about what just happened, tweeting, making Facebook posts, or taking pictures hoping to get a grisly image into the evening news. Eventually, the paramedics appeared. They declared me dead on the spot. The onlookers began to disperse, and life went on. Well, life for them went on. I stuck around until the ambulance left, as though I had a choice. Everything disappeared as my body was taken away the world became dark and before i knew it i was alone i don't know how long i stood in that black void